Hello, everyone. I'm Eric D'Souza, and you are listening to Crime Writers of Canada's podcast, where we discuss all things crime fiction from authors from coast to coast. We're kicking off 2024 with a series of new members with debut novels. So I'm very happy today to have, um, I've only done it once before, a writing combination of H.A. Christensen, which is a mother-daughter duo of Heja and Ali hailing from Ontario. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Uh, so a little bit more about you. Your, your debut novel, Stealing a John Hancock, was published in 2022. And I hope you don't mind, uh, but when it's good copy, I don't want to try to steal your words. This is directly from your website. It, Stealing John Hancock is a literary thriller set in motion by the ultimate identity theft, which is great copy. So obviously you have experience in that, or was that your publisher? I think that, we did that we one, did, didn't we? we? Did yes, that, yes. Yeah. Well, then kudos. Um, <laughs> we'll take credit there. <laughs> I'm going to avoid the obvious first question and we'll get to it a little bit later. Uh, instead, I'd like to ask you about your protagonist. Uh, I was telling you a little bit earlier, I didn't read your blurb before starting to read your story. And you start with multiple um, points of views. And I was almost a little surprised when the point of view started predominantly being John Hancock. Uh, he's not your typical hero. So could you tell us a little bit about him? Sure. So he's in his 20s and he's at a point in his life where he feels like things aren't really working out for him and nothing's really going anywhere. He's a bit of, um, would you call him a bungler maybe? Um, and he, With grand ideas for his life. Yeah, none of which have quite, quite worked out. out. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if he's immediately super likable. Um, but we do like him. He, he grows on you over time. I find, um, he struggles a bit with anxiety and he's very ambitious, but ultimately he has a good heart. He also provides some comic relief in the way he thinks about things and in, in, in the way he, he, um, approaches situations with maybe not the most, uh, real thought about it at the beginning, but, um, <laughs> A, a very big redeeming quality about him is his relationship with his grandmother. He is very close to his grandmother, cares about her immensely, and wants wants to provide for her. <laughs> I'm glad you like him. Um, yeah, the, the, his relationship with his grandmother was endearing. I, I think that's something a lot of writers have to do is make our characters endearing and sometimes uh, his relationship with their children or their pets is an easy way of doing it. But yeah, his relationship with the grandmother is, is great. And she's fun. Um, she's a fun character. She's, I was just going to say she's a feisty lady. <laughs> yeah. It's nice having older characters in books as well that, that pay, play key pivotal roles. I think that's often overlooked. And I think Gran uh, has a lot of charisma and adds a lot to the story. And having yeah. my first novel published while I'm in my 70s um, uh, m makes me have a bit of a connection with Gran. <laughs> Who's much older than you are, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, still. Still. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know that you mentioned the comic relief. Is he's, John almost seems like he should be a secondary character. He, he's often the secondary character that experienced writers would write. Uh, but he's the victim. And he also has to find a way of fixing this for himself as best he can. He gets a lot of support from, from our um, enigmatic, brilliant hacker, Erica. 
Yeah. And what I like about having JP as a protagonist is that he's very much your average guy. He doesn't have super intelligence or super tech savvy skills. That's where the hacker comes in. He could really much be pretty much be any of us. And he rises to the circumstance when it's required. And the other nice thing about having a character who uh, doesn't have any sort of super abilities to start with, and one that really struggles in the beginning, even with a little bit of vanity, um, is it gives room for nice growth and a, and a good character arc. It really gives us space to play with him and uh, leave room for him to be transformed by the events that happen in the book. And he was also perfect to be taken in an identity theft scheme. You saying he was a sucker? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I suppose so. Which, which played into his vanity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at home and I'm doing air quotes when we say the word hero, but there are moments. So that, and I guess that's what makes a protagonist a protagonist is there's moments where they have to step up, right? So there's there's moments even yeah. earlier in the book where he can flee, but he knows he there's something in him. I guess inherent mm-hmm. in him that that he has to solve his own problems and he has to make sure his grandmother's okay. Would you say that's yeah. what makes him a hero? Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, there are moments when he does flee as well, and that that gets him into a lot of trouble too. <laughs> I, I don't think that he is naturally heroic, which is one of the things that I like about him. He's just average. Um, but when heroism is required, he does step up and he does always have a good heart. He always means well. It also brings up one of one of the central themes that we were exploring is how do we each um, react to adversity, especially, uh, you know, pretty substantial adversity and obstacles in our life. And, you know, do we step up? Do, 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 do we flee? Yes. Do, you know, do we hide? Do we find solutions? And so he's in, in a position to, he's one of the characters that has to come to grips with that. Pretty well, most of our characters do in, in, in the story. Mm-hmm. They, they're presented with, with adversity and, and how, do, how do they handle that? Yeah, fundamentally, we wanted to write the ultimate identity theft story was the goal. And to use that as a means to explore the nature of identity and how we each construct our own sense of self and what happens, as Ali was saying, in adversity, what happens when something really bad happens and everything is stripped away and the things that we thought made us who we are, whether those are material possessions or our job or whatever it is, we are right down to your name because JP loses his name in the story. Uh, what's left? Who are you really? And what resilience do you have? Yeah. And how do you build from there? Yeah. Uh, that kind of leads into my next question because um, in your blurb, you say you have a literary thriller. And often, especially genre fiction, don't re- kind of build a wall between literary and genre fiction. So are you breaking that wall? I don't think that wall exists. I don't believe in the wall. <laughs> I don't like the wall. So, <laughs> well, we we had you know we we had um, themes that we wanted to explore. Yes, it's a fast pace you know uh, ch- chase thriller thriller. Yeah, um, but we we are exploring you know the meaning of happiness, the meaning of identity. You know, so so we we wanted to you know go in both directions. 
Yeah. I think I, I, you know, I, obviously we have to categorize books. We have to say to help readers really to say, if you want to, if you like reading mysteries or you like reading romance, come on over here. But as writers, I find the categories a little bit confining. And I, I know in Canada, there's a big emphasis on literary fiction. And I read a lot of what we categorize as literary fiction. And I really enjoy it. I also enjoy cozy mysteries. I enjoy all types of books. And as writers, as a writer, I don't like to think of the categories. I just like to write a story and see where it goes. And for us in this book, uh, themes were just as important as plot, but it, plot was very important too. We really wanted something that was fast paced and entertaining. So ho- hopefully we accomplish that. <laughs> I'm about 40% through. So, so far, so good. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, good. <laughs> uh, one thing that, I don't know, agents and business people might advise new writers, uh, especially Canadian writers, is not to set their story in Canada. And I know it goes away from Canada, but you do start in Port Perry, which I had to look up to even ensure that was a real place. Uh, was it important for you to start your story at home or... You know, if, if an agent came along or, or your publisher came along and said, please change that to Niagara Falls, New York, would you have done it? Mm-hmm. No. no. Would you have done it? No. no. Um, it, it's actually, it's a big issue. And, you know, write, writer groups discuss it all the time and whether you need to disguise being in Canada. And we felt fairly strongly about it. And, we, and also we stayed with Canadian spelling. And um, um, we're talking to you from Port Perry, Ontario right now, by the way, (laughs) where our protagonist JP is from. And it's been really nice living in this area, having people having read the book, saying how much they appreciated seeing their town reflected in a story. And Toronto is in the book as well. And obviously Toronto is represented in in more books than Port Perry is. But we (laughs) heard the same thing from readers in Toronto. And Ultimately, I think this idea that you shouldn't set your book in Canada because it limits viewership, I think that undervalues the intelligence of, well, I guess it's American readers as we're talking about. I have more faith in American readers that they are perfectly capable of reading stories set in Canada and identifying with them. Well, we also set part of the story in New York. Well, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) We covered our bases. But we didn't do that for that reason. We did that. Ali um, actually did a lot of growing up in New York, spent a lot of time there. And um, well, all all the locations in our book are places that we've spent a lot of time or lived. Even Barbados. I lived in Barbados for five years. We started writing the novel while you were living in Barbados, I believe. Yeah. 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 But I think both of us don't like the idea that... um, that I don't even I don't even think it's true that it makes your book more marketable if it isn't set in Canada. Uh, I don't I don't know of any research that's been done on this. I don't know any facts to, that support that. But our publisher certainly supported having a Canadian book. It was published yeah. by Turnstone Press in Winnipeg, and um, they didn't put any pressure on us at all. They thought it was great to represent uh, a small town in Canada. So that was nice to have their support on that. And I enjoy, and you enjoy reading books that are set in other countries, like yeah. Ireland. And Yeah, isn't stuff. it funny when it comes to <laughs> mysteries and thrillers, it seems like 
It's okay if your book takes place in a Northern European country, preferably Nordic, like a Nordic country. That seems to be okay for mysteries and thrillers. But, you know, I think it's great to set your book in Canada too. I think, yeah, I don't think it really limits readership. I think people just think it does. What do you think? (laughs) I think we're in the process of change. And I think maybe that's what it is. That maybe some of the, especially the New York publishers are resistant of it, but- uh, there's been some very successful Canadian authors mm-hmm. recently uh, that are helping put mm-hmm. Canada on the map, but it's practically my job <laughs> to, to continue to do that. Yes. So <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you made that decision. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as we've been talking, obviously you guys have had to make some decisions about your story as it comes along. So I'm going to start going to the obvious question. So Ali, do you ever have to pull rank and say, I've been doing this longer. This is the story we're writing. Absolutely never. <laughs> We are 100% uh, together on, we, we, we write the entire story together. We're, we're almost finished with that, with our second novel now. And, um, and if we have disagreements, we discuss them. And I I think we come to uh, a better place because we mutually agree on, I think everything. Yeah. I mean, we might disagree. We might come to an issue, issue that we disagree on, but neither one of us thinks that one of us should just now give up on you what know, we want. Saying this is my first novel and in, in my 70s, I was a writer my whole uh, career. I was a corporate writer um, before starting and going into screenplays. So I had more experience. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I've never played. But you that. teach me everything you know. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you actually talked me into becoming yeah, a writer. I, yeah. I, I did. I, I, she did. Which, by the way, I think is very bad parenting. In case there are any parents listening, but I'm so happy you did. Yeah, it was at a point in Hayes's life that she was looking for something, and uh, yeah. I was I, I was working um, in, um, in 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 script doctoring, where where you're working behind the scenes on someone else's script, and you, you know maybe the ending's not working or something, you know, the, something needs, needs to be addressed. And, uh, and I brought Hesa in and yeah. it's good from the beginning. I came to my mom with a quarter life crisis, I guess you call it. <laughs> I was in my twenties and I had just finished a master's degree in geography and, uh, for various reasons, didn't want to go work in that field. And at the time, um, I was competing around the world for Canada and Taekwondo and really enjoying that and didn't want to give that up and didn't want to sort of settle down and get a real job. And I was like, I don't know what to do, though. I, I need work. And and Ali said, come be a writer with me. I don't know what parent says that, but she did. And I've always I had always really enjoyed writing, but never thought of it as a career option. And I said, you know, I don't think I know enough. And at that time, it was screenwriting that she was talking about. And then the next day, she showed up on my doorstep with a pretty substantial stack of screenwriting books. And she said, start by reading these, and then we'll talk. And she did. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and we still like each other. <laughs> we actually have a very good time writing together. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. That's that's brilliant because as um, we're about similar age, uh, having parents and children who are about to go into post-secondary school, I couldn't imagine working with either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but it's worked really well for us. Yeah. It's actually, I think it's the most fun we have together is writing. Not that we don't have fun. <laughs> no, we have, a lot we, of we fun. have fun doing other things too. That sounded terrible. <laughs> but we have a lot of fun writing. Yeah. It's really nice if you can share a passion like this with someone else. I know it's a hard thing to do, but if it works, it's really nice. And as you know, writing can be a very lonely uh, endeavor. That's practically and, a pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to have have someone to share it with. Yeah, and and through all the rejections, you know, before like when, when before you get anything published, and it's so nice to to share rejection with someone, and then to share success with someone. It's really yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's been it's been a great journey. Yeah. Um, I, I could be wrong with this, but does it also help that you're both screenplay writers and you're accustomed to working as a team to put a story together? I, I think so because uh, um, screenplay writing is um, often collaborative and, and, um, and there's, a, you know, very strict structure that you usually follow. Not all screenplays do, but usually. And, and I think that was easier to, to, mm-hmm. um, to do as a team. Yeah. And we really sort of transferred over how our method for working together from screenwriting to novel writing in that we uh, mapped everything out first scene by scene and came up with like what character motivation was for the scene, what we wanted to accomplish in it. And I think when you do that level of planning beforehand, it makes it a lot easier to collaborate. We're, we have everything pretty well planned. Before yeah. We although record. actually in the book we're writing now, it's a little different. Yeah. We're very, we're varying from that a little more as we get more comfortable with the process, but but that also leads to my last question. So what's next? Uh, I thought you would transfer this into a screenplay and look to, to be selling it, but it looks like you're working on your second book instead. Uh, yeah, we're, we're nearly done the first draft of our second novel. Uh, but when we're done our first draft, then we're going to take a break from that, sort of not look at it for a month and work on the screenplay for Stealing John Hancock. Yeah, we are doing so, it. So you're still doing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make somebody's life easier, right? <laughs> Excellent. So is this like a thriller in the sense of your next book in the thriller in the sense that you're leaving these characters and starting brand new characters? Uh, mostly it's a new story. It's a new standalone story and it's a mystery thriller kind of crossover, but it takes place in the same area, the same part of the world, actually in a neighboring town. Um, and we do have one crossover character. So uh, Naya Gray, the police officer, the main police officer in Stealing John Hancock, comes back in the second book uh, as... But it's a, not a major character. Yeah, not a major character. But, you know, not minor, but, yeah, not one of the main characters. Exciting. So it's, yeah, part of the same world anyway. Yeah. Fantastic. So it was a pleasure talking to you both. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm always admiring anybody who could write as a duo. So congrats to both of you. Thanks, Eric. It's been really, really great talking with you. Yeah, so nice to meet you. Thank you for having us on. Mm -hmm.